You know, people ask me all the time. They do. They ask me all the time, why do you get so angry about different things? And I'll tell you what. I hate being BS'd. I hate it. I can't stand looking at liars. I am physically incapable of lying about issues. I'm not even good at spinning issues uh, any other way than the way that I believe. Now, this isn't a good thing. I'm acting like it's a good thing. It's not. But I cannot stand liars. I cannot stand bullshit people. I can't do it. I can't tolerate it. I can't have it in my life and I won't. And that's exactly how I feel about what's going on in this country. All we do is get lied to. All we do is get played politics to. Let's just examine what has transpired here over the last week. And let's start last night. An incredibly tragic, I mean tragic, horrific scene at Michigan State University, eight people shot, kids, college students, eight, three dead, five critically injured, in school buildings, uh, Berkey Hall, where kids take classes, the student union, where people hang out by a 43-year-old African-American man with no, none, zero, uh, affiliation with the university. And yes, I said African-American because when you're looking for somebody, you got to be able to freaking describe him. And I understand we live in this woke, idiotic society where we don't want people's feelings to get hurt. We're worried about the feelings of a 53-year-old, a 43-year-old African-American man named Anthony Dwayne McCray. Screw him. He's on campus as a predator to kill people. Finally, he did what all chicken blank mass murderers do or people that do this. He killed himself because they're all chicken blank. They're all little pansies that decide, well, you know what? I want to make a name for myself, go on campus and shot, start shooting people. I'll never understand it. People are absolutely sick. They are sick. People are twisted. We live in a society with no God. We live in an open society where you do whatever you want, feel however you want. You know, I was in church the other day, and the pastor used Jimmy Dean for a rebellion. There's the jackass that went on a shooting spree right there. There he is. You know, I was in church, and, uh, and, and Aaron Brockett, the preacher, said, you know, it used to be Jimmy Dean. Everybody was nice as a rebel. Everybody was nice. Everybody was kind. Everybody, blah, 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 blah. And Jimmy Dean had a cigarette, he had a motorcycle, and he had a jacket, and he was different. All right? Well, he said, look, be a rebel now. Be good. Be good. Being a rebel now is being good. Being a rebel now is going to church. Being a rebel now is being with your family instead of all the crazy crap that we do in this society. But nobody sees it. No, everybody gets mad. Well, what would God have to do with it? God should have told him not to do it. Now, shut up with all that. Then read the Bible. We live in a godless, lawless uh, society that's trying to get rid of the family. We got fathers all over the place that don't act like fathers. We got guys acting tough that ain't tough, people beating the crap out of each other, and idiot shooters going onto our college campus and killing college kids that are sitting there trying to better themselves. And in our society, we're too afraid to say the guy's African-American. I mean, I don't give a damn if he's white, black, green, or purple. The guy is chicken blank. Find him. The only way to find him is describe him. And you know what's going to happen. You know this guy's going to kill himself. We live in such a society of chicken blank people. Honest to God, we do. And until people decide, you know what, I don't care what color you are. I don't care. I don't care. We got to come together as a people. We got to quit this fake crap and come together as a people. We got to get God back. We got to get, I'll tell you this, I don't care what any of you say. 
Uh, we got to get corporal punishment back in schools. I never got spanked. We didn't have spanking in my school. They did it to public school. But we got to get some kind of punishment for young people. There's all kind of things here. Now, I understand how you can twist this. I understand how you can say, well, when you're talking about the shooter, all you're talking about is identifying. No, I'm not. I'm giving you a broader picture of what our society is about. It's lawless. It's anything goes. It's do what makes you feel good. Shut up with that crap. So did this make this 43-year-old idiot named Anthony Dwayne McRae feel good? Do whatever makes you feel good, man. Live your life. Live your... Just shut up. We live among people. We got to serve others. We got to start serving others. We got to start talking openly about things that actually matter. We worry about a TikTok. We worry about, oh, it's TikTok. Oh, my God, look at how many views. Look how happy you are. You know, suicide rates on young women are going through the roof, depression through the roof. Why? Because fathers aren't around, number one. Because we build this society uh, of fame. We build this society of likes and clicks. We build this society of, hey, I want to be the most popular. Take a picture. Wait, I'm not as popular as her. I must think. We build a society where external, outward, means more than inward. We don't teach the inward. We teach all kind of crap. You know what? I tell you this, and I blame fathers. I don't give a damn. You can come at me, Greg Doyle, and all you other pansies out there that are so liberal you can't see straight, but we need fathers. Actual fathers. I know I'm on a tangent here, but that's what I do. And I don't respect what's going on in our country. I don't respect it even a little bit. And when I don't respect it, I just lash out on it. And that's what this is. This made me so crazy. Anthony Dwayne, my frickin' cray. Some punk ass that decides he's going to walk into a school, a big school, Michigan State, and just start shooting. Honest to God. Now, there'll be something, well, he's not affiliated with the university. The media will coddle because it's an African-American guy. Seven to one, the coverage of a white guy. I don't care if you're white or black. Why did this guy do this? I don't care. We all know what happens. Guy runs through a bunch of people uh, in Wisconsin, kills a bunch of people. Media don't want to cover it. Why African-Americans? Stop it. People are people. Cover people. Find out what made this guy tick just like you're going to find out what made the guy that shot up a church tick. Find out. Jesus, drive you nuts. And this guy, for whatever the reason... I don't know. Maybe, I, I, here's what has happened in the past, and I, I don't know if it's going to happen now, but here's what's happened in the past. What's happened in the past is people will then say, well, we had him on a list. We knew who he was in the, in the community. Now, I don't know the answer to that. You know who he was in the community. There's like 1,000 guys you know who they were in the community. 999 probably don't go shooting it up. The one guy that does, everybody wants to blame the cops. Yeah, I don't know what you do about it because these cops are working day and night to try to find those people in our community. It'll be interesting to see what happens here with this guy. Who was he? What was he about? Where did he come from? What were his motives? What were his social media posts? All that kind of stuff. Or will they? Or will our piece of crazy-ass, uh, woke-ass, ridiculous media say, well, you know. Hell, we had an article in the USA Today about how this is the blackest Super Bowl ever by some idiot named Mike Freeman. What? How about we bring people together? How about we start bringing people? I don't give a damn the guys white, black, black Super Bowl, white Super Bowl. I mean, look, if I was afraid of talking about whether people were white or black and all that crap, I'd have said Rihanna was the greatest because I'd be afraid. No, people are people. Treat them as such. Treat this guy. This guy, we got to find out what is wrong. What happened here? What were his posts? Were there any things leading up to it? And if there were, let's compare him to others that are doing the same thing so maybe we can stop.
Wonder how many shootings our government, our police stop on a daily basis. It's interesting because you know they're looking. People act like this happens every time everybody, only one guy. We didn't know. No, there's hundreds of guys out there. Do these policemen, are they doing such a great job that they stop, but they can't stop them all? I bet they are. I bet they are. And people don't want to make it a political issue about guns. You go do that. I don't give a damn about it. I make it an issue about fathers. I make it an issue about respect. I make it an issue about religion. We have none of it in our country. None. Zero. Zip. You know, we also, and this is where I totally lose respect. You know, we've had train derailments. East Palestine. East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, We've had another one, South Carolina. Texas. We've had train derailment after train derailment. We've had all kinds of toxic spills, 16 cargo loads of toxic spills. They say 10% of the population is going to be affected. Listen to this. Vile, uh, vinyl chloride is like the most wor- worst thing that can be spilled. It got spilled. There's the explosion. There's the explosion in East Palestine, Ohio. There it is. Look at that thing. That looks like uh, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, does it not? That looks like a nuclear bomb. And for days, this happened February 3rd. February 3rd, 50 cars, Norfolk Southern Railways uh, derailed. 10 cars, hazardous chemicals. Vinyl chloride, butane uh, acylrite, the most dangerous chemicals in our water system. No media coverage, nothing, zero zip. And, of course, the most transparent, according to him, president in the United States hasn't spoken on it yet. We had four different UFOs, and I'm not saying alien UFOs, I'm saying unidentified flying objects shot down in eight days in, over, and around our country. The president hasn't talked about it. Here's the only words that we've gotten out of Pete Buttigieg, the Department of Transportation, speaking yesterday at a conference. Listen to this idiot, this idiot Mayor Pete. Listen to this, what this jackass had to say with all this going on in our country. Listen to it to work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing doing the good-paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Uh, Yeah, so his concern is getting white people off construction jobs. I mean, don't even at me about it. You know, that's it. That's his concern right there. That's what that guy addressed yesterday. That's what that is. Everything is racist. Everything is sexist. Everything is politics. Everything is dividing. Everything this idiot talks about, and he's not an idiot, he's a very smart man, but all he is is a politician. That's how he addressed derailments. That's how he addressed things being flown over the sky. Look, he's part of transportation. Things in the sky got to fall under his watch. Do they not? I, I think they do. I-, 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 I feel like they should, but that's what he wants to do. He wants to get your vote, African-Americans. That's right. Look, I'm going to tell you something about the construction industry. They're hiring. My, my family owns a construction company, Gemco. They're hiring. They're hiring people to go out and work. They don't give a damn if you're white, black, green, or purple. They don't give two craps. 
Nah, if you don't do a good job, get fired. If somebody, you know who built my house when I had a house built? I'll tell you who built my house. I went in, I went into, um, I was giving them sandwiches, right? I went in, I opened the door, and there were like 10 guys. They, they were all from South America. They built the hell out of a house. I don't give a damn if you're white, black, green, or purple. It was mostly a white neighborhood. I didn't need white guys building my house. I didn't need that. I need who's ever good. Show up on time, do a great job. Do quality work. But that's all these guys try to do. That's our nation right there. That is our nation. We got all these things going on, and Mayor Pete is still trying to play politics. I don't even know why he's called Mayor Pete. He did a horrible job. But see, I have so little respect for him and for Biden and for this whole deal that they could say anything and I'd probably rip them. At least I'm honest about it. Honest to God. At least I'm honest about it. I mean, this guy took eight weeks paternity leave, whatever the hell it is. All he does is divide. All he does is call racist. All he does is call... And he's this freaking Department of uh, the Transportation, and our transportation system stinks. There's nothing under his watch that has gone well. And I got a family member that said, well, I think he should be president. He seems really smart. And this woman thinks that she's really smart about politics. That's what this idiot talked about as we've got chemicals pouring out into East Palestine, Ohio, into the Ohio River, which is going to affect 10% of our people, and he's wanting to get white people off construction jobs. God bless you, man. That's your agenda. He's not qualified to do nothing. He's qualified to sit there, and maybe he's qualified to be a dad. Hell, everybody's qualified to be a dad. Just go be a dad. It just drives me bat crazy. 50 cars derailed. 50. Ten of them have toxic chemicals. It's going all over the place. I don't know if you pay attention. Not one media coverage. Nothing. Zero. Zip. Explain that to me. Will you please explain that to me? I'll listen. I'll, hey, look. I'll go on the damn, uh, I'll, I'll go on uh, the, the message board here. Mayor Pete, our next president. All right. Yeah, great. Good. Why? So he can tell you you're racist? That's all the guy's got. He's a one-trick pony. Look at this. Look at this explosion right here. And you tell me, you walk me through this, how this isn't the number one thing that the Department of Transportation is concerned about, speaking about, reassuring the American people about cleaning up, but you don't hear nothing, nothing, not a damn thing. Pete Buttigieg sucks, I'll tell you right now. He was god-awful as a, as a mayor. He had no value. He got popular because he's the woke little guy that Hollywood loved. Hell, my, my niece was his husband's press secretary. She loved him. Full disclosure, my niece is one of the smartest women that I know. And the fact that she loved him means that I gave them every opportunity. But now I come to find out every time the guy speaks, it's divisive, it's racist, it's not helpful, it's crap. That's all it is. Total, complete crap. And I've had enough of it. And I'm not going to stop. It's the reason I left ESPN. If I spoke like this on ESPN, I'd be fired so quickly, my head would freaking spin. But we got a freaking Department of Transportation secretary. The guy in charge of transportation, all he wants to do is tell white people you shouldn't have jobs in black communities. He's not worried about East Palestine. He's not worried about these derailments. It's freaking insane. The world is insane, and I've had enough. Fathers, we don't have them. And when you do have them, and Tony Dungy speaks out on them, the little racist idiots uh, like Greg Doyle at the Indy Star, they call him ignorant. 
Tony Dungy ignorant? I'm on, a, I'm on one today, Jake. Jake, I'm on one. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm a little pissed off today. I'm not going to lie. I'm listening to Pete Buttigieg yesterday uh, talk about uh, taking white people out of, quote, communities of color and construction jobs while we got East Palestine, 10 freaking uh, cargo ships or cargo train loads of freaking poisonous chemicals going into our damn a water system that's going to affect 10% of us. We got four train derailments. We got all kind of crap. And that's what the department of uh, whatever the frick he is, transportation secretary wants to talk about. How are you, Jake? Well, I'm good, Dan. It, it seems the only way that Pete Buttigieg could ever be fired is if he decided he was all of a sudden interested in women instead of men. Um, that's why he got right. hired for the job. He has no qualifications, obviously. Uh, he is not equipped to handle these many crises that uh, he's either caused or has failed to respond to. So it's it's no surprise to see, uh, you know, the 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 American infrastructure uh, just become a crumbling mess under his uh, under his purview. Jake, let me ask you a question, and you're not going to have this answer, but you're the perfect guy to have on because you're smart and you're aware. Most people aren't aware. There are a lot of smart people, but most people aren't aware. We've got four balloons, or whatever you want to call them, shot down in eight days. We've got different uh, derailments in different parts of the country, all spilling some type of toxic chemical. What is going on here? There's got to be something going on here, Jake, and I know you don't have the answer, but I need your thoughts. Well, I, I spoke about this a bit yesterday, and, you know, look, I, I was a former uh, Army officer, um, and, and one of the things you learn in the military, you know, when you're leading troops is that decisiveness is is always preferable to not doing anything to indecisiveness. Even if you're making the wrong decision, the worst thing you can possibly do is make no decision and dither and equivocate. It, it makes everyone nervous. Um, you know, that that kind of uh, lack of leadership is is infectious. It's contagious. And that's what we've seen from Joe Biden in his tenure as commander in chief. It starts at the top. You know, the reason why everyone is so freaked out over these uh, flying objects and these train derailments and chemical spills and everything that's happening is because we know every American. I'm not just talking about American servicemen or people who work in the federal government. I'm talking about every American citizen. We all know deep down in the heart that we have a complete zero as our commander in chief, as our president. And, and that that it starts at the top and it trickles down. And so that's the problem. We we know that we are leaderless, leaderless. We know that we have a, a weak and feckless commander in chief. And so we know that when there is any kind of crisis that confronts this country, um, you know, and 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 strikes fear in the heart of the American people, we're not reassured. It just keeps spiraling more and more out of control because we know, hey, we we're we're, we're rudderless. You know, we don't have someone at the helm who can handle these types of events. And we know that he's surrounded himself with people like Pete Buttigieg and Corinne Jean-Pierre and so many others who were selected not for their competency, not for their ability to solve problems, not because of some demonstrated history of, of excellence and effectiveness, but because of the color of their skin or their uh, you know sexual orientation. So, so you know, that that's in my mind, that's why. The American people are so nervous right now about these things. We don't know. We don't know exactly what's happening. 
But it's that lack of leadership. It, it's because the president hasn't stepped up uh, and taken charge. He's not capable of stepping up and taking charge. That's the reason why th- these these events uh, seem to have permeated across the country and really just sent shockwaves. Um, and to me, it just comes down to a lack of leadership. Yeah, I agree. Look, um, I, I know there's always a backstory. Like I say it all the time in sports. You know, I, I was in long enough to know there's always a backstory. Every article, I'm sure, uh, good or bad, that's been written about you, and I know this about me. It, 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 there's, it's, it's never the truth. It's never the whole truth. It's, it, it, there's always something going on here. So I don't necessarily expect the president to come out and say, well, this is what happened and be totally transparent. But I do expect him and I do expect the media to cover these things, in, in particularly the media, in such a way that it's honest and we get information because that by definition is the freaking role of the media. Give us information on events. No, you're exactly right. And, and just for comparison, you know, I, I remember distinctly I, because I was in the army at the time. You know, it, it, it's it's all but been forgotten. Um, but it was too long ago where during uh, President Trump's administration, you know, we were at a very um, you know high voltage moment with Iran, um, and that culminated in us, uh, you know, taking out Qasem Soleimani, uh, one of their top generals. Um, and, you know, I remember distinctly when the news came out that Soleimani had been eliminated, um, there was a lot of turmoil. I mean, the, the markets took a dive. Everyone was nervous. You know, we thought there was going to be some kind of retaliatory strike from Iran, you know, even possibly escalating into a war situation. But then President Trump, he stood up at the podium. Uh, he addressed the American people and he said very simply, this is what happened. Iran is never going to achieve a nuclear capability as long as I'm president. They attacked American troops, and we responded in kind. And and that just, that ended it. You know, uh, Iran had no response. The American people were reassured. And, you know, we just, this is, in our culture, we, we take those things for granted because nothing happened afterwards. But now, you know, now that we have a different commander-in-chief, now that we have uh, someone who clearly lacks uh, the ability to act decisively, uh, to, to lead with strength, to lead by example, uh, and to you know project strength to our enemies abroad, uh, we're in a totally different situation. We are, and you know what? At this point, and you said this, you said something going back that was really interesting. You said deep down in people's soul, people are pretty smart, and people can have their external way of about them, but everybody's got an internal. You know, whether it's Catholic guilt like me or whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, I don't give a damn if we want to say 84 or 81 million people voted for this guy. If you've paid attention at all, deep down, you know this is a man either not running things or, two, incapable of running things. You have to know this. There's nobody that has any common sense or any sensibilities that doesn't know what you said to be true. Deep down, you know this guy can't do this. Exactly. And look, I, I've served under great commanders in the military and, you know, not so great commanders in the military. Um, you know, I've, I've played under some great football coaches and some not so great football coaches. And just to, to extend the comparison into the sports realm, you know, with, with, with Bill Belichick, you always knew who was in charge. Okay. You know, there was a, there was a strong organizational culture. Um, you know, there, there was a, uh, a, a beat to the drum that the entire team, every coach, every executive, 
every team manager, every trainer, every strength and conditioning staff member, you know, we all knew what the expectations were. Um, and we all knew that if we didn't meet those expectations, there were going to be consequences. But, you know, we now we're kind of seeing what a lack of leadership, you know, what that yields uh, in the realm of politics. And, you know, you mentioned it. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I was always curious when I was playing, uh, when I was playing football, you know, I wonder, you know, in politics, uh, you know, would, would the, a lack of leadership be, you know, would that be held to account in the same way that, you know, poor leadership and poor results uh, are held to account in the sports world? And the answer is usually not um, because you're exactly right. You hit the nail on the head. You know, people, they like to virtue signal, um, you know, we're, we're too often we're you know, manipulated by our emotions. Um, you know, people, they'll, they'll discard a good leadership because of certain characteristics um, that really at the end of the day might not be that important. Um, and they'll elect someone, you know, based on, you know, this, this, the, the promises that he'll be a unifier, you know, he'll be someone who could bring us together when obviously it's, it's been the exact opposite. And you've got someone at the helm, you know, with their finger potentially on the nuclear button who's just, who simply is incapable of rising to the moment. And, and that's why we're in a very dangerous place right now as a country. It feels like, now I'm not saying it is, okay, but, I, but you know, and maybe I've started to pay too much attention to this, okay? I, I, so I don't want to be overdramatic here, but I swear to God, um, now that I started this job about a little over a year ago, I pay attention. I pay attention to things that you've paid attention to, probably, you know, your adult life after football. I pay attention to politics. I pay attention to what's going on in the Middle East. I pay attention to Russia, Ukraine. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I pay attention. And I got to tell you, Jake, it feels like, I'm not saying we are, but it feels like we are under attack in a certain way. It, It feels that way. Am I way off? Am I being melodramatic about this? Not at all. I mean, I, I hear that from people uh, in every part of the country all the time. You know, there, there was a real shift. I mean, I, I, I've spoken about this publicly. Um, you know, we were we were heading down that slippery slope uh, for a long time. But, you know, once once a culture and like I, I love history. And, and so I, I think this, you know, this observation is backed up by historical precedent um, that, you know, once once culturally, you know, a, a people let go of the rope as we have let go of the rope on so many key issues, so many fundamental questions about faith and the family and, you know, things like gender identity, um, you know, the importance of, of, you know, uh, religion and, you know, even just the, the, the interpersonal bonds that have been eliminated by, you know, the internet and everything going, there's a lot of factors at play, but, you know, once you get going down that slope, it's like an avalanche, you know, it starts off small, but it really, it picks up steam and, and and once it gets you know past a, a certain point of critical mass, it's it's really out of control. And you know, I just I, I continue to go back to you know the the experience of 2020, 2021, um, you know, with with COVID and the lockdown hysteria, with the George Floyd riots, um, you know, and then going into the vaccine mandates and everything else. I mean, like something just fundamentally changed in the country, and, and it fundamentally changed. With people's attitudes, you know, I, I still see people driving around to this day. I, mean, I was in New York City this weekend. You still see people driving around, you know, you know in cars alone, wearing masks. You know, it's just like like something broke, something snapped in a lot of people, and, and something snapped in our culture. And it's you know, it's it, it'll take a, a lot longer, um, you know, to, to get into all the causes and all the effects. Um, but I think you're exactly right, and, and people sense it. 
Um, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, everyone just kind of gives that we're in a, you know, we're in a tough spot right now. That's just the reality of it. It really is. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's amazing to me. We worry so much about, uh, like a few weeks ago, Tony Dungy put out a tweet and then he deleted it. And I mean, the world exploded around Tony Dungy. And I'm thinking to myself, really, this is what we worry about? Like, there was more coverage of Tony Dungy than there is of this East Palestine derailment. There's more coverage of Tony Dungy than there is about planes being shot down. And I'm thinking to myself, how crazy are we? A tweet, a tweet that was deleted spark USA Today, opinion, you name it. And here we've got whatever, the the most important of things. And honest to God, it's one one one-hundredth of the media coverage. We're we're backwards. Well, and you hit the nail on the head about Tony Dungy. Uh, I mean, the the left, they they know that they have to crush or try to crush, um, you know, true people, true believers, people of faith out of the public square. You know, people like Coach Dungy. Um, you know, who by all accounts is a, um, you know, is, is a Christian man who, who lives out his beliefs and his faith. And they, they, the reason is because they feel they feel threatened by that. You know, they, they see true believers, you know, not, not the corruptible, uh, you know, people in the church who can be co-opted by the spirit of the age. You know, you see a lot of churches and, uh, you know, synagogues and other places that, you know, fly the rainbow flag. And, you know, they're just trying to be part of of the, the 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 current cultural moment but th- they really feel threatened by people like tony dungy who stand up for what they believe who are unafraid to speak the truth and you know hold those traditional beliefs that underpin a a civil society l- like like this country was founded upon you know because w- without those without those ideals without those beliefs you know our our society our form of government cannot stand but that's exactly what the left wants to eliminate. They, they want to break it down and build something else on the rubble, on the ashes. And, you know, someone like Tony Dungy, you know, and, and of course, someone who is, uh, you know, who is a minority. He, he is exactly the person who they want to stifle uh, because he goes against the narrative. You know, he, he goes against, you know, the, the, the spirit of the age. And so he's someone they just have to crush. And and that's why there was such a vicious response to him and those tweets and his appearance at the March for Life. Um, But, you know, look, I I applaud Coach Dungy. Um, You know, he's someone who uh, I certainly look up to, not just for his performance as a head coach, but, um, you know, just the way that he's conducted himself in public life. And we need more people like him, not fewer. I agree. All right, last question, because I got you're the only guy – that I know, and I don't expect you to have this answer, but yesterday or a couple of days ago, an F-15 pilot took down a UFO over Lake Huron, supposedly, but they missed with their first missile. Where the hell's that missile go, Jake? What, what, yeah, exactly. What, what happens uh, yeah, I mean, to that missile? It's, it's a $400,000 missile, by the way. And, I mean, look, there's a, there's a whole separate discussion, you know, about how much money we're spending on the military um, you know, look, I, I come from the military, right? I, I understand the importance of having a well-equipped uh, and well-funded military. Uh, you know, but we're, we're spending eight hundred billion dollars annually on defense, and clearly, our, our pro- we don't have a funding problem in our military. That first missile missed. Okay, we we have a we have a leadership problem, and we have a culture problem in our military right now. And, and look, as the wokeness 
uh, and this leftist ideology has infected more and more institutions in American life, including the military, you're going to see more incidents like this. You're going to see um, a, a potentially catastrophic lack of effectiveness, like missing a, you know, a, 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 a balloon, you know, essentially the Goodyear blimp, the Alibaba blimp drifting across uh, the, you know, the, the North American landmass. And we can't hit that thing with a $400,000 missile. And you're exactly right. You know, what happened to it? I mean, did it, did it land? Was it innocuous? I mean, are we going to recover it? And, and and these are the kind of questions that a real commander-in-chief would stand up and answer. But it kind of goes back to our original discussion. We don't have that. We don't have leadership at the top. And so these questions continue to fester, uh, and America becomes less safe. Jake, perfect guy to have on today. Thank you, my friend. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Love talking to Jake. I'm telling you, look, you got to have smart people. Surround yourself with smart people that have common sense. I mean, I hope Jake continues to run for office because, you know, I'm reading a book on Nixon, and Nixon in 1962, when he lost the gubernatorial race in California, said, You won't have Richard Nixon to kick around anymore. Well, he ends up being the president. It's an interesting book. But I, look, I am all in on this. I, I'm so hostile because I have so, I just don't respect what our government is anymore. I did. I I never questioned nothing. But now it's nuts. Colts have a new coach. We'll get into that. Mike Bray, is he retiring? What's Mike Bray doing? We'll get into that. I got a lot to get into, but I I, got to tell you, um, the world is nuts and I'm not happy. I'm going to continue the conversation. Hope you'll join me. Stay right here. Go tell your friends. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. You know, when I was trying to get my wife back, my now wife, when she dumped me for the second time for another guy, I said, look, I'm not, I'm only trying to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So I'll let you go. Adios. And uh, that worked. Seems to me Pete Buttigieg is not part of any solution. Seems to me Pete Buttigieg, as our Department of Transportation Secretary, is 1,000% part of the problem. Look, you're either in in a position of leadership, you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. Which are you? And it seems to me that Pete Buttigieg, who I just have no respect for, zero, none, zip. I know he's a Marine. I'm sure he could kick my backside. I know that's how people think. I don't give two rips. Look, the guy is incompetent. The guy got the job simply because he was a gay married man. That is it. That's the only reason anybody has any knowledge of who some mayor from frickin' South Bend, Indiana is that was called Pothole Pete is. That's it. He captured the woke imagination as a gay married man. That is the only reason this guy has any gig, and now he's screwing all of us because our woke administration didn't hire the best people. I don't give a damn what you try to tell me. You're wrong. That's it. You're wrong. Speaking of hire the right people, I am surprised that the Colts didn't hire a transgender woman. I'm shocked by it, actually. I figured, well, the way that Frank Reich and Chris Ballard go about the business of social justice, warrioring, and awareness, I'm surprised they did not hire a woke woman. They hired uh, uh, Shane uh, Station. And this guy, don't even think, you're going to read all these articles that are going to say that this was a Chris Ballard hire. This is not a Chris Ballard hire. Chris Ballard did not hire this man. Chris Ballard 
The last move Chris Ballard made was benching Matt Ryan. That's it. This is a Jimmy Ursay hire, period. He had his daughter involved in all of the meetings. This is not on Chris Ballard. Don't believe anything these idiots in the Indianapolis media tell you. Jimmy Ursay made this hire. Think of it logically. And look, I'm not, I don't even have to think of this logically. I got two guys that I know that are very close to the Colts. I've not been wrong in 14 years about the Colts. No, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, this is a Jim Ursay hire, period. Period. And anybody that does not know that does not know what they are talking about. This is a Jim Ursay hire. And this, once again, once again, ladies and gentlemen, it shows that the neutering of a general manager named Chris Ballard is complete. And any, look, here's the deal. Ursay had his daughters in the meetings. Ursay wanted to know. Ursay was smart. Period. He wanted information. His daughter, listen, is going to be the owner. She is one of the owners. She's going to take off ownership when Jim passes or Jim gets whatever Jim gets. But he wanted all the information. He got all the information and he said, hire this guy. Period. There's no way. Let me ask you this question, Colts fans out there. And there's a lot of them here. There's a lot on the YouTube chat. All right. Here's the deal. Would you let Chris Ballard make the hire for the Colts? Of course you would not let Chris Ballard make the hire for the Colts. Chris Ballard has not made a single hire that you could point to that was good. His assistants, Morocco Brown and freaking Ed Dobbs, they suck. I mean, let's just be honest. The quarterback hiring suck. The draft choice suck. The, the decision to give contracts to players before they needed to get contracts sucked. Remember this, the Colts did not extend Andrew Luck under Grigson until they had to. There is not a decision that Chris Ballard made that's worth a damn contrary to what the national and local media tell you. So would you, given that background, would you allow Chris Ballard to make your decisions for you? Were you Jimmy Ursay? I got two words for you. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no, you're not doing that. You're not an idiot. You're not a fool. You're not a dummy. You're not letting it. You can't. You won't. You shouldn't. So Chris Ballard gets to hang on. Jim Irsay doesn't want to pay Reich and Ballard, his two golden boys, that guess what he did. Thank you. He extended before he had to. There's never a good time to do that. Never, unless it's Patrick Mahomes. You extend a 45-53-1 and one general manager before you have to? No. No, no, no. Ballard, great guy. We got to get that out. I love him. Great guy. I'm sure he hates me. Tough. A lot of people hate me. Doesn't matter. But honest to God. So stop with the, well, you know, uh, Chris Ballard uh, made this hire. Jimmy, Ir- No. And stop with the you wanted Jeff Saturday. Here's what Jeff Saturday needs to do. Jeff Saturday needs to go back to jumping around like an idiot on Greenberg's show. That's it. He showed he was incompetent. He showed he was a boob. He showed he was a complete I guy. I, me, I, 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 I played. I, 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 I. Get him out of here. You're great on TV, people say, right? to say because, you know, he's on the right side of the media. But get him out of here. Get him the hell out. Get him out. 
Speaking of media, look, I work for Fox. That's all I'm going to say. Get on the right side of the media if you are media. It's amazing. It's amazing the reviews as opposed to what's real among people that actually know, but I'm I'm going no farther than that. Everybody's great. Everybody's wonderful. Everybody's terrific. So this is a great hire. You're going to hear it all the time. Great hire in Indy. Great hire. All right. Great hire. Yeah? Uh, If they win, great hire. If they lose, crap hire. This is the fifth coach. This guy going into his seventh year, Ballard, has hired. Fifth. Not one, not two, not three, not four, five. This guy hasn't won a division. Not a division. In the easiest division in football. All right, you got to understand something. All right? Uh, Let's see here. You got to understand a couple things. Uh, College basketball. College basketball is rolling. Last night, North Carolina. North Carolina had a good game against Clemson. They went back to being North Carolina. Texas Tech, no good. West Virginia has a Hall of Fame coach. A Hall of Fame coach. This guy, Huggins, is going into the Hall of Fame. A known cheat. Had $10,000 to give to a kid named Keith McLeod to go to Maine Central Institute through a guy named Brett Barra. A known cheat. Going into the Hall of Fame. Has never, not one time, won a major conference championship. Yes, he won Conference USA. Yes, he won the Great Midwest or whatever. But he has been at West Virginia, he has been at Kansas State, and never won a conference. Not a conference title. But that's where we're at with the Hall of Fame. That's where we're at with college basketball. You know what I'm saying? That's where we're at. All right, while most people were getting mad and enjoying the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, while most people were joining AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was getting mad and mad about Jesus. Getting mad about Jesus. Go get mad about Jesus, AOC, you freaking jackass. Let's hear from AOC. Or let's hear from the, the whatever. She's mad. She's mad about that ad. Let's hear from that idiot AOC. Something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. What is fascism? You know, that's the thing. You throw these words out. 
You throw these words out. It's fascist. It's that. Shut up. Like something tells me, and I read the Bible a lot, that we need a lot more of this. Something tells me that we need a lot more of Jesus in our life. Something tells me we need to lift up God in our society. Now, that may not tell you. That may not be what you want to hear. That may not be who you are, but that's who I am. I've watched this. I've not been one of those ever in my life that has talked the good news. I've not. I've never been very, uh, other than crossing myself to shoot a free throw or crossing myself to take a swing, that's about it of my external. But I got to tell you, I'm watching our society go to hell because of jackasses like this, frauds like this. Remember that whole thing where she was uh, dancing around like an idiot on the floor of the Senate? I got to tell you. When I lose respect, I lose respect. I don't care what this woman wants. I want more ads. Give me more ads. I want more ads than that, than, than, than the ads that divide black people and white people. I want more ads like that. I want more ads that talk about God, talk about Jesus, explain, put it right in our face. I do. And look, it's AOC or whatever the hell her name is right not to. But I get tired they use fascism. They always use insults, which means if you believe in this ad, then you are now a fascist. That's what they do. It's a clever little thing. Media's clever. You know, I get it. We all get it. We're no dummies here. We all understand. Well, you're a fascist. Okay, now what makes this woman, this arrogant, smug, ridiculous woman, uh, who I guarantee you is incredibly insecure in real life, get to tell us what it is. Her position does, so my position gets to answer back. Sit down, shut up, we need more God. That doesn't sound like a very Christian way to go about it, but I always say this, hey look, Jesus destroyed the temple. Jesus had a, temp- Jesus had a temper. He did. He destroyed the daggone temple. So look, that's the way the world works. If you don't like it, tough. But my God, the things, again, the things we complain about, the things we complain about are absolutely freaking amazing. It is. It's amazing. Well, we're upset about that. Now, you got to understand something here. I hate to put this guy on my screen. Jeff Goodman is a guy that I got a job at ESPN, and he was so god-awful, he's the only guy that I made fun of during a broadcast. He was so stupid, so idiotic, and now his feelings are hurt, so he takes a shot at me or Seth Greenberg. He is the biggest coward in sports media. He's just a coward. He's a gutless, ridiculous, horrendous human being. But he did get an interview yesterday with Mike Bray, and Mike Bray said, look, I'm not done coaching. Okay. Now, the problem for Mike Bray is that last sentence. Great to hear from one of the best guys in the business. I always say this. When the worst guys in the business, the worst human beings, the worst father, the worst the worst everything, I don't give a damn, the worst everything is Jeff Goodman. So when he says to you that he is one of the best guys in the business, don't. No, just don't. I mean, honest to God, but the story here is Mike Bray. Why is Mike Bray leaving Notre Dame? I think Mike Bray's getting out ahead of the posse. I think Mike Bray's smart. He's doing Hubie Brown, or Larry Brown, excuse me. He's doing Larry Brown. He's getting out ahead. He is. Getting out ahead of the posse. And I don't give a damn about Jeff Goodman. There's no worse human being in sports than Jeff Goodman. Nonviolent crime division. Non-criminal division, sports writer, 
sports broadcaster division. The absolute worst. I hate to even have him on our board. I do. I, I hate. I hate. Uh, the idiots of Ohio State football are doing things that people back in the day have always done. See, back in the day, the football team always thought that they could beat the basketball team. This happened once at Indiana. And I'm like, all right, get you guys. So we played. We played on Assembly Hall's court. We beat them like 50 to 2. And we, I, I played. I wasn't even good. But they had all these guys. They all thought they could play. So, all right, we'll go play on Assembly Hall's court. Because they were pretty good at the hyper building where the court is short. But bring them on Assembly Hall where we're cutting, we're moving. It was literally 50 to 2. So the idiots of Ohio State football say that they could beat the, the players of Ohio State basketball. Let's roll the video. More competitive than him. Nah, nah, it's the same. He's irritating when it comes to that, bro. Like, if I beat him, like, he won't tell you. Keep this a secret. <laughs> but the other day we played horse. I beat him nine times in a row. No. Because he can't shoot. Ah, yeah, he probably got me on golfing. I ain't gonna lie. I gotta learn. I got some lessons. I'm trying to learn, too. You know, I can golf. You can teach me. My guy, you know what I'm saying? I'll see you out there. <laughs> I'm the best shooter. Um, the best basketball all around, I would say Kate Stover or Josh Proctor. But I can play with them boys. They, they'll tell you that. Man, why are you disrespecting, man? Like, dang. I can play now. I got tape. Not as playing. But nah, DeWan is probably the most polished basketball player. I honestly think if we played like football versus our basketball team, it'll be close. I think we can win. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Justice, by the way. Uh, but I told him that. I can play. We can play. I'm trying to tell you, Jack's nice, though. Jack's can play. Yeah, well, good for him. Uh, beat, beat Michigan. I know. How about you beat Michigan and shut the hell up? All right, here is another tweet. Let's go to the next one. Remember when Ohio, C.J. Stroud said Ohio State's football team could beat the basketball team on the court? We still can. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I remember that. It's one of the funnier things. Like, all right, let's go. I mean, there's nothing to win by the basketball team, but, we, you know, you just – everybody gets to college and is great. C.J. Stroud, I would say to you, beat Michigan. I mean, I don't want to hear your crap. I don't want to hear your nonsense about beating a basketball. Beat Michigan. You know, whatever this guy, Dewan Jones, beat Michigan. You guys have been embarrassed. Win a big game. Now I gotta now I gotta rip you. Win a big game. I get so tired. Football players exhaust me. They're all little guys running around, muscled up. Yeah, you know, shut up. CJ Stroud, look, you couldn't have whatever. I'm not I I'll get in trouble if I say what I really think. So I don't want to get in trouble. I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, you know, be smart. Er. Protect my family, as my wife says. Uh, students at a New, New Hampshire high school walked out after the school decided to do away with urinals. What, what are we doing? Banning urinals. The district decided they would strike a compromise on the issue of gender identity. The district rule was that students could use the affiliates that corresponds to their gender identity consistently asserted at school. What the hell? Look, you go to the boys' room, you go to the girls' room, 
uh, you get your sex changed, we'll let you switch, whatever. You know, you get it cut off, we'll let you go into the girls' room. Uh, you get it pushed under, we'll let you go. What? Stop it. This ain't that freaking hard. I mean, what is wrong with school? What is wrong with people? Like, I look at this, it's like the bathroom issue going back. Uh, I got to tell you, in the bathroom issue going back, if I, if I had a young daughter, which I did, and some dude dressed up like a chick walked in, I'm going in the bathroom. And if that makes me some kind of folk, tough. Tough. This ain't that hard. Men and women's bathroom, that's it. And you can combine them if you'd like, like Starbucks. Men and women. Indiana University, the wokest of places. When you go around the back of Assembly Hall, there's a little area, President's Club or something. You know what they've got? They've got unisex bathrooms. What is so difficult about this, people? What is wrong with you people? Why do we have to make this so difficult? Can people explain this to me? Why, if I'm a high school student, I'm walking out in a second. I can't walk out fast enough. Can't walk out fast enough. I'm gone. Hey, man, I ain't going to your school. I got to take a leak. I don't want to sit down. I want to urinal. I'm a boy. Why do we, why do we pander to like 0.2%? Get no. You want to hey, put a transgender bathroom in there. Put hoops and ladders and urinals and kitty boxes and whatever you want. Put it in there. Transgender. There you go. Have a great time. The place is nuts in this world. I'm just telling you, man, and I'll come clean. I couldn't say this when I had a radio show or I couldn't say this when I worked at ESPN. But if my daughter, when she was a little girl, and I watched her every time go in the girl's bathroom and some dude with high heels and makeup walked in after, you bet your ass I'm going in there. You bet your ass. And if that makes me some kind of ick, Tough. Tough. Do not care. Jalen Hurts continues to show his maturity. Jalen Hurts. Let's see a little. Let's hear a little bit. I love Jalen Hurts. Let's hear from Jalen Hurts, shall we? Um, what is one lesson that you learned from this game that you'll take on to the next? Um, man, I think... Um, you want to cherish. You want to cherish these moments. You want to cherish these moments with the people that you've come so far with. You know, um, your family, uh, your loved ones, your teammates, your peers, everyone that you you do it with and do it for. You know, and uh, I'm so proud of this team. You know, I will say I'm so proud of this team for everything that we've been able to overcome. Um, obviously, we had a, a big time goal in the end that we wanted to accomplish, and we came up short. You know, and I think the beautiful part about it is everyone experiences different pains. Everyone di- experiences different um, agonies of life. But you decide if you want to learn from it. You decide if you want to use that to be a teachable moment. And I, I know what I'll do. So. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Make a hole right here, guys. You guys. That's good. There you go. All right. Chad Henney retired. Chad Henney retired, ladies and gentlemen. Here's how Chad Henney retired. This is how you got to go out right there. Chad Henney, hey, you know what that guy did? All that guy did was carry, carry, carry. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes got carry. 
Patrick Mahomes, when he was down and out, got carried by this guy, Chad Haney. Carried. <laughs> I digress. I'll tell you one thing, though. You got to admit, you all got to admit, right? You got to admit that the dude did a hell of a job when he was called upon, right? All right, you indie fans that are uh, on the YouTube chat, we're rolling. Listen to this. This is a member of the indie media. A little lady, nice lady, named Heather Marr, Heather Loy. She's a nice lady. Listen to this. Dear Jeff Saturday, thank you for dropping everything for the Colts, for betting on yourself, for ignoring the critics, focusing on the work, holding players accountable, demonstrating a women culture, and showing where it belongs on the practice field. As you move on to your next chapter, I hope you feel nothing but love and respect as one of the greatest Colts to ever wear the horseshoe. To me, you'll always be the guy who answered the call and responded, and I'll be right there. God bless, good luck, and go Colts. Jesus. <coughs> hey, Jeff Saturday, stop being an eye guy. Get your ass back to jumping around like an idiot. You showed the nation you had no freaking idea what to do as a coach. You showed the nation that being a coach is not that hard, is not that easy. So do yourself a favor. Stop being an I guy. Stop talking about I, me, I, I, I. I know that your little band of media sycophants is out there, and I know it'll continue. There will be a ton of excuses when you jump back and jump around on Mike Greenberg's show. But I hate to say this, Bill Coward was right. You were an unmitigated disaster. You were unqualified for the job. You took it based on ego, and you showed yourself to be an ego maniac. Period. Period. That's it. That's what you showed. Anything other than that, I got two words for you. My backside. (laughs) We'll be right back. (coughs) That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Grayson Weir joins us. You know, a um, couple of things. You read them, you know them, you love them on Outkick. You know, I still, to this day, I cannot believe the call went against Duke for a variety of reasons. One, I think overturning it was the wrong call. But two, look, I was on the ass end of those. I was on the other end of Duke in the 1992 Final Four, when Teddy Valentine kept raising his fist, calling fouls on us, technical on our bench. From that point on, I believe Duke gets every call. Look, hey, John Shire, you ain't no Coach K, baby. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I mean, the ACC came out and said incorrect adjudication, whatever the heck that means. They just blew the call. It was a bad call. They never should have stepped in in that situation. I mean, we're looking at a situation where, sure, it was a foul, whatever. Yes, it was questionable about the time, the clock. But there's definitive evidence that that game was not over. Duke should have gone to the line. They should have had a chance at the free throws. And John Shire's out here on Monday morning. Now, I get it, right? He didn't have time to talk on Sunday about the call. He didn't have time to discuss it after the game as much. He didn't have time to talk about the ACC statement. But he's coming out on Monday morning saying that he's still upset. John, you, you got a game on Tuesday night. You know, if I, I haven't oh, no. played. Oh, no. No. No, no, no. Hell no. You're upset about that for 10 years. He can handle both. He can handle having a game Tuesday night and be upset about a call. I mean, guys can do more than one thing. 
Yeah, but if I if it's me, I, if I'm a player, right? I haven't played on a college basketball level. You have, I haven't. Oh. But if it's me, I want my coach coming out and saying, "I'm pissed. That call was wrong. We're moving on." He came out and he talked too much no, about it. No, you don't. Oh, oh, hell no, hell no. I want my coach, and I played for one. I want, and I was one. I want my coach yelling, screaming. I want him cussing it out on the bench before the game because I want the next call, Grayson. No, no, I'm going to disagree with you there. Every player, every player wants his coach. Look, you can get the team ready, but every player wants to know Ty's going to us the next time. If I'm a player and I was and I was a coach, I want you complaining until the freaking next week's game is over. Yeah, I was going to ask you about it because you know better than I do. But from my standpoint, I'm looking at it as we're moving on. We're on to Notre Dame. We got a game going. No, we're not. Oh, man. How long do you live on it there? For me, I got 24 hours. Forever. No, 24 hours is the media created. Forever. I think about four losses going back one in the state championship game in high school. Forever. It's not like it bothers you every minute of every day. Regular season game against UVA. I think one of the games is against Penn State. Regular season game when I was a head coach at Indiana. Are you crazy? Oh, no, I'm the wrong guy for that. There's other shows for that. No, 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 no. That, well, we just moved, well, we lost. Do you know how hard every game is to go into? Do you know how much work goes into a staff? to get ready for a game? Do you know how much preparation goes into one single game? I can't even tell you the man hours into one. No, 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 no. No, there's other shows. Let's move on for that. All right, Mike Bray. Yeah, this one, you just talked about it. This one confuses me, and, and you might know better than I do, and I think you and I are on the same page here. We're obviously on different sides of the Shire thing, but I think you and I are on the same <laughs> side here with Mike Bray. I think he's stepping down to get ahead of the angry mob. You know, I think they're coming for his head after another bad year this year, maybe another bad year next year because his recruiting class isn't great. There's not a ton of hope for that program to turn around. So the question for me is, is it Mike Bray getting out ahead of the Notre Dame fans coming for him? Or is it Notre Dame coming out ahead of, hey, we have to fire Mike Bray? Or is it somewhere in between? I don't know. You might know better than me. But it seems to me like Mike Bray is a pretty good coach. He's done great things up there in South Bend. He's a, considered one of the greatest coaches in program history. It seems weird to me that he would just step down but not retire. So that seems like there's something else at play behind the scenes, whatever that may be. Obviously, maybe not NCAA violations or anything crazy like that, but just you know, trending the wrong way. They, but we're coming off of a, a round of 32 year last year in the NCAA tournament. Mike Bray is a great coach. So it just seems fishy and strange that all of this is coming together in the middle of the year. I know it's a bad year, but was Notre Dame going to cut ties with Mike Bray at the end of this year? I don't think so. So is Mike Bray getting out? I think Mike Bray got out. I think Mike Bray absolutely. Look, one of the things that people don't understand about coaches is they can read tea leaves. They, they, you know, people say, well, is it Notre Dame? Is it Mike? Mike Bray knows that the posse's coming. Mike Bray knows, you know, when you're in a program where you have, you don't have momentum and momentum is the most important thing in a program. So there is no doubt in my mind that Mike Bray uh, is getting out ahead of the posse. Notre Dame 
he's doing Notre Dame a favor. I, you know, things don't happen in a vacuum. They don't just happen like, well, I'm going to do this and not talk to Notre Dame, or Notre Dame's going to do this and not talk to Mike Bray. Now, I guarantee you they had long conversations between his athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, and Mike, and came to this conclusion. I got to tell you, though, Grayson, I was a little surprised in one way by him by him saying what he said to that idiot Goodman uh, yesterday. And that way was, well, I, I figured he would let that all simmer and then get involved in a coaching job. But the other way was to let everybody know that Mike Bray is available if you have a coaching job. I think Mike is going to end up on television. I think he should end up tel- on television. I think he'll be great on television. But I, I think you're exactly right. This, this is uh, – uh, this is a combination of the two, but Mike, I, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you what Mike has texted me, but just Mike knows. Let's put it that way. Mike, Mike knows which way uh, the lay of the land is. Let's let's put it that. Way. You're absolutely right on that. This it did surprise me though that he came out. Uh, all right, I talked about this earlier, and I'm going to put my thing out there. Ohio State football idiots are saying that they can beat the basketball player. Okay. So I'll give you history. This is as long as anything. At Indiana, there was an All-American linebacker named Van Waders. Van and his guys would play at the rec center, and they always played well. The court was smaller. You know, okay, fine. So then it became what happened here, mouthy, right? Mouthy. We can beat you guys. Like, all right, let's play. We'll go over to Assembly Hall, and we'll play. I think we beat them 50 to 2. I think like eight guys played in the NFL. I think they had all these – I think we beat – it might have been 106 to 1. So I've seen this crap forever. I ain't buying any of it. Give me your thoughts. No, I'm not buying it either. It's it's kind of comparing apples to oranges here, but bear with me. You know, every year we talk about could the worst NFL team beat the best college football team. You know, it's it's not quite the same here where we're looking at basketball versus football instead of two football teams, right? different sports, whatever, but you're looking at a team that practices the sport, practices basketball all day, every day for however many years now. And now they're on the collegiate level. CJ Stroud came out and kind of said it as a joke during media days, but then Dewan Jones, you know, doubled down after that 20 point loss to Michigan state, Ohio state football is not beating Ohio state basketball. They're just not Ohio state basketball is a basketball team. That's going to go in there and wipe the floor with them. With that said, I have no interest in guarding Dewan Jones at 6'8", 360. There is no reason I need to be down there in the paint muscling with that guy, trying to get a loose ball with him throwing his big elbows around. And he's an athletic dude. He played high school on a varsity level in high school. You know, he's a good he's a good basketball player, I'm sure. So I don't need to be guarding him. But that said, the other four players on the court, basketball wipes, wipes the floor with them 10 times out of 10, maybe nine times out of 10. You know – you know what, though? Uh, my house was here. Urban Meyer's house was here. He had a basketball court, and he would have his players over, and I would go over to, you know, just hang out because Bowling Green's a small community, right? I'll tell you this much, though. The slam dunk contest that football players have is pretty damn good, Grayson. I, you know, if, you, if they said we could beat you in a slam dunk contest – Maybe I'll give you, I'll give them that one. I'll give them that one, but I ain't giving them in a five on five game. I'm not doing it. No, 
No, no way. I mean, no, the football no. players are athletes, right? They're going to go and they're going to throw down some cool yeah. dunks and stuff. But when you got to put in the X's and O's and the technicals and the man-to-mans and the one-three-ones and things of that nature, you know, they're out of their element. They're a fish out of water. They won't be able to keep up with the guys. But again, I'm I'm not I'm not going to rule out the fact that Dewan Jones gets his because six eight three sixty that that's a tough guy to guard down there in the low post. I mean, no matter who it is, no matter what skill set, you could put a six eight three sixty fifth grader in there and he might get a bucket or two. So other than that, though, basketball team far and away going to wipe the floor with the football team. Nine times out of ten, I'll give him. I'll give him one couple lucky shots here and there, maybe you know. But nine times out of ten, that basketball team wins. This is how dumb I am. When we were playing again, we, there was all American linebacker Van Waders. Ended up playing for the cheat or uh, for the uh, Browns for a long time. So I hit a couple shots on him, right? And I go, Van. I go, what the hell? You're named after your mom and dad conceived you. You're named in the place where they conceived you. How do you think you could come out here and play? I thought he was going to kill me. You know what I mean? And then he started laughing. He just, I go, hey, damn, son. Like, you know, all right, I got to ask you a couple things uh, before I let you go. I can't let you go uh, because I don't want your tail between your legs because, you know, I, I, I destroyed your theory. On, uh, no, no, uh, no. I, uh, hey, you know more than I do. You played the game on the collegiate <laughs> level. I'm just coming from a right, high let me, school. Let me, go, let me go this route with you. Is there any hiring in the NFL offseason? I'll give you maybe Sean Payton, okay? But is there any hiring in the NFL offseason that would excite you as a fan base? No, no, I can't even, even Sean Payton, I don't think excites me. Sean Payton, mind you, great coach, very proven winner, you know, got his Super Bowl during that special, special year. But what has he done? What what have you done for me lately, Sean? You know, you're going out to Denver. He's tasked with, with fixing the, the arguably the most controversial quarterback in the league in terms of, is he good? Is he bad? You know, I don't think so. I think Shane Steichen out there in Indianapolis, you're not excited about it, but you're hopeful. I think I think you can have hope that maybe his offense that he ran in Philadelphia, maybe he was the one who came out and, and really helped turn this team around and really helped get Jalen Hurts to where he is. I don't know if you're excited about it. You obviously, as a Colts fan, have your opinion, and I don't know if you're excited or not, but I think you can be hopeful there. I don't know if you can be excited. I think you can be hopeful. But other than that, I'm looking across the league and some of these hires may work out. You know, they could end up being good hires down the road, but I'm not going, oh, that was a home run right away or, oh, that's a guaranteed winner. I'm not super excited about anyone in particular. Hold, not a hold. Would you have called it? Oh, man. I think it's a hold. I think he got his hand on him. I I question if it's worth calling in such a crucial moment like that. I'm not an official. I, I don't know, you know, all the thought process behind it, but it seems to me like you let that one go, especially because I don't think he gets to that ball either way. You know, hold, no hold, what either way. 
that ball was too far at the corner of the end zone for him time had him to have time to get under it, make that catch and pull it in. It was an unfortunate way to end one of the best Super Bowls in a long time, uh, at least from my standpoint. Um, probably the right call, you know, maybe second quarter, third quarter early. Sure, fine, whatever. They're going to punch it in anyway. The Eagles get a chance to respond. In this instance, you're calling the game with that call. You got to let the boys be boys. You got to let it play. Even if it is the right call, it was ticky-tacky. I have a hard time with all of it. Like, I'm, I'm with you on it. I, I, I've watched it. Obviously, we've all watched it 8,622 times, right? And I, I, when it happened live, I know that Mahomes was getting smacked. He wasn't going to make the completion anyway. I don't know. I just have a hard time. See, stay out of coaching. I swear to God, playing two games, one against Virginia to go to the final four that I screwed up, one in high school where my good friend missed two free throws with no time on the clock, costing us a state championship, (laughs) one as a head coach at Bowling Green where we missed a blockout and didn't make the tournament, and one as a head coach at Indiana. Four freaking games that I think about every freaking night. Every free at some point, not all day, but at some point during the day, it hits me. Great coaching sucks. Playing sucks unless you're making millions, Grayson, because it stays with you forever and ever. I believe it. I can think back. I mean, not the same level, but I can think back to a, a loss I had in a high school state championship as well. But but it was a high school state championship. I don't know about a regular season against UVA. I don't know how long you hold on to that one unless it comes back to bite him because Duke is going to be fine. They're a very good team. I think Shire is a good coach. I think he's going to get it figured out. You're recruiting to one of the best programs in the country. It's hard to fail at Duke, and I don't think Shire will. But, hey, you know better than I. But for me, move on. Let's get to the Notre Dame. I I, 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 – Here's what happens. Last thing. Let's say they win. I don't know who they play tonight, but let's say they win, okay? You're happy. You've moved on, right? Until you haven't, and then you go back to, yeah, but if we'd have had that freaking right call back in the game on Sunday, we'd be in first place. You know what I mean? Or whatever. That's what that, I swear. But, Grayson, here's the deal. You're normal. Coaches and people that have coached, are not. They're psychopaths. Sociopaths. I don't know if you can call me normal. (laughs) I guess for the sake of this conversation. Hey, thank you, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, always a pleasure. We'll see. Hey, we'll see if Duke can rebound tonight against Notre Dame and Mike Bray, who's, uh, you know, stepping down but not retiring. Man, I hate that he gave that to Goodman because Goodman's a schmuck. Anyway, all right. Uh, Appreciate you, Greg Grayson. Mike Bray, and a former Duke assistant, longtime Duke assistant, fantastic Duke assistant. He left Duke to go to Delaware, and then Delaware propelled him to the Notre Dame job, where he's been the all-time winningest coach uh, at Notre Dame. Look, here is the deal. Here's the deal. I don't want to hear from anybody in Indianapolis how great this coach is. Now, you're going to hear it. He's going to, quote, knock out the press conference. He's going to be a grand slam hire. He's going to do all the things that we've wanted to do. This is going to be the next golden era of Indianapolis football. You know how many times we've heard that? Does anybody know how many times 
we have heard about the golden era of Colts football. Reich and Ballard were supposed to be on their fifth, fourth, I'll give them fourth, Super Bowl title right now. They're supposed to be on their fourth or fifth. Honest to God. That's where we're supposed to be right now. No. Uh, Where they are, frankly, is haven't won a division. Fifth head coach. But yet, the general manager that I told you about as a survivor is still there. Here's what these guys are saying, all right? Indy Media is saying Jeff Saturday demonstrated a winning culture. They were one and seven. One and seven. Uh, Brian uh, Ben Rogers says Jeff Saturday did drop everything except one game. People are like, yeah, thank Jeff Saturday for, uh, I don't know, Jeff Saturday robbed the Indianapolis Colts. Whatever Jeff Saturday was being paid by the Indianapolis Colts, it was too much. It was absolutely too much. He got over on the Indianapolis Colts. He got over on that man right there. He came out where all he did, all he did was jump around on like Mondays and Wednesdays on Greenberg's show took a high school team to a 3-7 and seven record in his last year, got somehow backstabbed the living hell out of Frank Reich, got a job, screwed up the job, 1-7. I know just four players, I don't know very many, but I know four players that could not stand him, had no respect for him. And yet the Indianapolis market is going to thank this guy. Now I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. Jeff Saturday backstabbed big time, big time. Uh, Frank Wright came out of the booth ahead of all these other assistants, took a job. Now, remember, the Colts were one game out of 500. That's it. One game out of 500. And I don't know what to tell you, but he took them. He took them to nothing. He took them down. 33-point lead. He backstabbed Frank Reich. He took the Colts' money. And next thing you know, he's a hero. Not on this guy's watch. Not on this guy's watch. That's all I'm saying. There are winners. There are losers. There are survivors. And Chris Ballard, my friends, is an absolute survivor. That's it. I mean, spoke of himself like he was Gandhi. Jeff Saturday did. All right. Uh, I got the five best Super Bowl appearances coming up. Now, I'm going to the YouTube chat here because the five best Super Bowl appearances is very subjective. Look, I think most people will agree with my number one. But other than that, I did not realize how influential Up With People is in the Super Bowl. Did you know this? Did you know this? I did not know this. Uh, Up With People. I did not know Coldplay did it. 
I did not know that most people consider Snoop Dogg to be among the worst to ever do it. Who knew? I did not know. I didn't. No idea. Uh, But he did, and he apparently was awful. No, seriously, awful. Look, I don't know what to tell you, but I do know this. There's some good ones. There's no way. I was reading something yesterday. Rihanna was number five. Uh, All right. Dan, I'm not one to judge other people's appearance, did I? I got to tell you, uh, Rihanna's a pretty woman, but she was dressed like a human blood clot. And if you don't agree with me, look at pictures and then look at a blood clot. Right now, I'm dressed as a human blood clot. I am. Uh, I am absolutely dressed as a human blood clot. Uh, Anyway, so there you go. When we come back, the five, the five best. Will Shane Stretchen turn out to be a good hire? Well, there you go. That's perfect. See, that's where our YouTube chat right there, fellas. That's our YouTube chat. Common sense. 50-50 say yes. 50-50 say no. There you go. There you go. All right. That's why I love the YouTube chat. They know. They get it. They're on top of it. They understand. We don't know. We don't know. 50-50. All right. I'm tired of Micah Parsons. I am tired. So Calais Campbell tweets, I really want to go to Super Bowl. So Parsons says, better put a star on your helmet, big bro. I'm tired of Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is like that guy out there lurking that can say whatever he wants because all these idiots in the media kiss the backside of a guy like Micah Parsons. I'm tired of Micah Parsons. Oh, and before I leave, 83-59. The Indiana women's basketball team is rolling. I am not on the bandwagon. I am an observer. I'm in a, I would never drive down there to watch because, well, frankly, it's too far and I get home too late. But, man, they are fun to watch on TV, and they are starting against Purdue, their last home game, to get sellout crowds. Pretty damn good. And, oh, by the way, I said yesterday or day before, just give Rodney Terry of Texas the head coaching job. No, not now. Micah Parsons likes feet. Who doesn't like feet? Pig's feet? I used to eat my kids' feet. I used to put my kids' feet in my mouth. And then we used to do Dr. Sting. So this is the bottom of the foot, and I would call it Dr. Sting. And they would scream and then laugh, and then the next kid would line up. Give me Dr. Sting, coach. Give me Dr. Sting, coach. Dr. Sting. Boom. We'll be right back. I got the five best Super Bowl appearances. Halftime. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a fired-up show. Pete Buttigieg has lost my trust, my respect, so I've been ripping his backside. Somebody explain to me. I'll sit here and listen, but somebody explain to me, please, what is going on in our country? 
Now, don't tell me you come here for sports because this isn't a sports show. This is an all-encompassing show. Uh, This is a show that we don't want to be defined. Today, we're giving our hearts to the folks at Michigan State. I've gone back and forth with Sparty people for years. I have, and it's been a very bad relationship between me and Sparty, culminating with 12,000 people chanting, we hate Dockage at a game, but I got to tell you, I am with Sparty today as a shooter, an idiot named Anthony Dwayne McRae, 43-year-old African-American, decided that he was going to go shoot up Berkey Hall and the Student Union, leaving three dead, five critically injured. That's what this idiot decided that he was going to do last night. So now, how many lives do you have that are going to be affected by this? Well, it's hundreds, if not thousands of lives. Kids that have the memory of getting out of there as a shooter is opening fire. Family members worrying about their kids. Obviously, the parents and the family of those hurt and, of course, those that were killed by this lunatic, this freaking unhinged idiot. And again, I don't care if he's black, white, green, or purple. That's for you legacy media to try to hide from us. I don't give a rat's ass what he is. He's an unhinged idiot. You can blame guns all you want. I blame idiots. I have said forever we are a lawless, Jesusless, disciplinedless society. And it just came to me over the last five to ten years. Just because you can do anything you want doesn't mean you should do anything you want. It says it right there in the Bible. The idea that we live in a society where we are trying to make the nuclear family seem extremist, where we're trying to make Catholics seem extremist, where we're trying to normalize uh, the sexual exploitation of children while we're trying to normalize uh, whatever the hell that gender crap is, where we don't even allow kids to be kids. This is what we get in our society. And I'm so glad that Clay Travis and the great folks at OutKick hired me so I can speak on these things. You think I could speak on these things on a radio show in Indy and not have ESPN fire me or not have some little whiny ass racist named Greg Doyle or some complete jackass named Dana Hunsager Bembo write horrific articles on me because they disagree. They want division. They want divisiveness. The left media wants us to hate. It's the only way they thrive is through division, and we got to stop it. we got to stop these jackasses from being involved in our life. The USA Today, the New York Times, the Washington Post. And if you don't see it, I cannot help you. And, oh, by the way, let me guess. This is alt-right or this is conspiracy theory. No, it's not. Pay attention. Open up your freaking eyes. Read the Bible. Just because you can do anything doesn't mean that you should. The nuclear family has to be kept intact. There has to be discipline to kids. There has to be fathers involved in life. I mean, my God, it's common sense. You want to be a rebel? Act like a normal human being. That would be a rebel in this day and age. Don't dye your freaking hair purple and talk God-awful things to children. Embrace children. Love children. Grow children. Nurture nurture children. I know I'm just rambling, but it makes me freaking nuts. And then the, can we have the Buddha judge thing ready? So we have all of these catastrophes going on in our country. We've got four balloons shot down in eight days. We've got a chemical spill that is going to affect the drinking water of up to 10%, 10% of our nation. At least that's the estimate over in East Palestine, Ohio. That's what we got. We've got derailments in South Carolina that contain nuclear waste. We got derailment in Ohio, I already mentioned, in Texas. And yet, and yet, 
And yet, our freaking head of transportation, who, by the way, is the head of transportation. Guess what trains are? Transportation. Guess what bullet? Transportation. The only thing that he has talked about, because he's a race-baiting jackass, is, oh man, is this. I'll let you listen for yourself. Get white people out of construction jobs. To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges, on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good-paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth ga- gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Uh, Yeah, that's what he's got to say. Hey, look, man, black guy, white guy, you want to build my house? Great. I'm going to hire a building company that does the best job they can possibly do. I don't give a damn if you're white or black. I live in kind of a mixed neighborhood. It's not white. It's not black. It's just people. It's where I live right now. You go to the store, you see all kind of people. Store's right here, a mile away. I don't give a damn. But that's what this idiot has to say. That's what this jackass has to say. And boy, do I agree with Jake. If that dude... The only way Pete Buttigieg could get fired is if he started dating women. That's the best line that I have heard in my entire time on this show. And that's what we pay attention to. That's what we do. That's what we, as a society, pander to. Like 1% of our people. I'm so tired. These are images from what's going on in our country, East Palestine, Ohio. Look at that fire. And it's all toxic chemicals. But have you heard from Joe Biden? Of course not. Have you heard from anybody in import? Of course not. You've heard this little whiny-ass guy who would be fired if he started dating girls. There's no, absolutely no freaking doubt about it. No question. Because he has no redeeming value in the job that he has other than being, then being the little gay guy that makes sure that nobody says Biden's LGTQB, whatever the hell it is, doctrine isn't met. Drive you nuts if you're paying attention. And oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I am paying attention. And I have so little respect for this jackass, just like I have so little respect for any of the media that covers any of our sports. How about CNN? How about you're looking for a killer and CNN and USA Today couldn't say the guy was black? I mean, how are you going to find the guy? Doesn't it cut out a certain segment of society when you say, hey, the guy's black or white? But they can't do that. They cannot do that. Why? I have no idea. So if you say the guy's black, what's going to happen? Some reverend's going to get mad at you for 10 minutes? You're trying to find a killer. A killer. A guy with a gun on a college campus. So how do you, what, what do you use to rec- Well, he's got a red shirt on. Well, he's bald. Well, he's black. Well, he's got glasses. Well, he's wearing a backpack. That's the level of stupid. Man, did, oh, I wish I could get uh, Sarah Huckabee on our show because she's so right. It's not left or right. It's not male, female. It's not black or white. It's stupidity against normal. It's crazy against normal. That's what it is. I mean, think about that. You're trying to find a killer. 
a killer, a person killing with a gun on a college campus, and CNN and USA Today worries about saying he's black. Now explain that to me. Please, explain that to me. We're insane. We're freaking insane around here. Well, I don't want to say he's black. Why? We're looking for him. What, what, what is he? Give me something I can use. Why well, he's wearing a red shirt. I don't want to say he's black. Jesus. I mean, are we in, what are we doing? That, that's your first thought as an editor of the USA Today? That's your first thought as a producer? I'd say, hey, don't say he's black. Why? Well, what? You say he's white. You'll call him a white supremacist immediately and then, you know, back down. Seven to one if it's a white killer as opposed to a black killer. And I don't care about any of them. Uh, that's why I have no respect for our media, no respect for people like Buttigieg, and no respect for our president. I just don't have any. So I'm a phobia. Am I homophobic? I guess I'm transphobic, whatever. I don't care. I don't care who you're having sex with. I never have and I never will. I don't care. I care who I am. I'd like to know who my kids are to a point. It's unbelievable. All right, I got the top five. I got the top five. Like, who's going to get mad at you? Uh, USA Today, who's going to get mad at you? If you say, well, we're looking for an African-American guy, about five foot three, carrying a bat, whatever. Who's going to get mad? Like Fox News, I don't think it's Fox News. The local news here stopped doing that. I think the Indy Stars stopped doing that. You're looking for a killer. What, you're going to offend the killer? What, you're going to offend somebody that would defend the killer? Ah, the world's nuts. I just came across this show. Who is this guy? John G., it's Daniel J. Dawkins. Look me up. I'm a horrible human being. But I got a great show. All right. Top five halftime shows. Let's end it with a little bit of fun. Number five, Katy Perry, 2015. Why? I love Katy Perry. She talks about kissing girls and liking it. She's hot. I'm not going to lie to you. I said this yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you. When I saw the human blood clot that looked like Rihanna, pregnant, can't move, got this big thing around her, I'm like, I don't like it. I need hotness. Look. You guys all get so mad, right? Uh, Feminists get so mad. And all I see now is girls making zillions of dollars posting naked. That's all women do. Do you know the name Paulina Gretzky? No, she's hot. She's hot. Did I get spun into the Twilight Zone? Yes, you got spun into common sense. Yes, you did. That's right. Good for you. You don't like it? Take off, John G. This is a show for men, adult men and women. Sensible thinking adult men and women. If you don't like it, uh, go brush your little mustache, trim your pubes, and go away. (coughs) 2015, Katy Perry. See, Katy Perry is smoking hot. Katy Perry works the stage. Katy Perry's got bright, it's cute, it's fun, it's sexy, great singer. I like Katy Perry. I didn't like, hey, the human blood clot, she's got great songs, she's got great voice, but the show was awful. show made me puke. Looks like me, a human blood clot right here. You know what I'm saying? So there you go. 
All right, number two, Michael Jackson. Here, Michael Jackson's overrated as a halftime performer. I'm going to tell you why. Number one, uh, everybody's going to say Michael Jackson was number one, but if you go into his, he didn't get deep into his catalog. He did We Are the World and those kind of things, and it was great. He was the first real performer to perform at the Super Bowl. It was 1993, but he didn't go deep into his catalog, Michael Jackson. We Are the World, that's nice. It's on the heels of Up With People and all these other things. I get it. Uh, I know. Did I make you laugh out loud with that one? I know I did with the millennial. You know that's what they do. They go get the manscape and they sit around. You know what I'm saying. You got to be hairy. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, uh, I digress. (laughs) I digress. This show keeps getting better and better. You got to admit it. Uh, But Michael Jackson didn't go deep. ABC. Easy as one, two, three. Even Ben, the song about a rat. Now, I don't play Ben, the song about a rat. But you got to understand, I have a personal relationship with Michael Jackson. His band, the Jackson Five, used to practice at my grandfather's bar, the Caribou Lounge, Gary, Indiana. We used to, as kids, on Sundays, go clean clean under the cigarette machines. I was probably eight years old, and I was behind the bar washing and capping booze and cleaning and all that kind of stuff. My cousins, Jimmy, Jerry, Jimmy, Jerry. Dennis and Joe, my brother and I, we would always go. We'd have a great time. And the Braxton Five would be practicing on my uh, grandpa's stage, and we would watch their uh, cartoons. And Joe Jackson, the father, and my my grandfather were not friends. They were kind of enemies, but they got along, and they told my brother about it a few years ago, but I digress, so I love Michael Jackson. Janet Jackson, number three with Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, terrific. Uh, Justin Timberlake, great singer. I didn't know from Justin Timberlake. I like Justin Timberlake. I did. Uh, I thought Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson, you know, he, he did the whole nip slip, that whole entire thing. You know what I'm saying? And that was great. And that's what it's remembered for. But it was a pretty good song and they were pretty good together. There was some heat. There was some chemistry. It was 2004. Back in those days, I didn't watch NFL football. I didn't. I had no interest. I was working on Sundays. I'd come home. I thought the uniform stunk. I thought it was just the same old, same old. Didn't get into it after a lifetime of getting into it. But I did watch the Super Bowl that year, particularly the halftime show. And I remember thinking, huh, what did I just see there? Did he just pull Janet Jackson? What? What did I just see there? What's going on there? Well, it was what it was. And next thing you know, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. No, Jim Eagle, up with people is not a big three. You know, that, um, that, that sex trafficker, Snoop Dogg, was god-awful. And by the way, Snoop Dogg is a sex trafficker. I mean, let's be honest. When you are a pimp or were a pimp, you are a sex trafficker. It's amazing that a sex trafficker is sitting here in all of our commercials. But anyway... Uh, Dan, do you think Up With People is another Mayor Pete favorite? No question. No, I guarantee you Mayor Pete, would, whichever way the wind blows, that clown. All right, number two, and maybe my favorite, but nobody's better than number one, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars was unbelievable. Like, let's just be honest here. Bruno Mars is the one guy I want to see in concert. Like, I want, I didn't know that I wanted to see Kid Rock in concert until... Lee took me in New Jersey, Uncle Cracker, cool in the gang, Kid Rock, boom, boom, boom. 
Outdoors, sponsored by Jack Daniels and Harley Motorcycles in New Jersey, and it was awesome. It was big time, big time awesome. I mean, it was big fun. So I got to see Kid Rock. Uh, I thought it was a great show. I saw Elton John, fantastic show. I've seen who I need to see, but now, ladies and gentlemen, I think I need to see Bruno Mars. Now, a lot of people think Bruno Mars wasn't that great. I thought he was fantastic. He went with just the way you are to kids. He was awesome. Awesome. Drum solo by Mars was unbelievable. Red Hot Chili Peppers showed up. It was one of, if not the best halftime shows ever. Ever. But you can't put it in there because you got to put Rihanna in there. I mean, my God. You got to put Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary Kay Blake. Yeah, okay, great. Nah, too many people in that one. Too many. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, I think we would all agree. I think we would all agree. Number one, oh, look at that. Number one, Prince. Prince was so good. And this isn't just because he died. Prince in 2007 was so good. He did Dylan. He did We Will Rock You. He did the Foo Fighters, Best of You. He did every single thing. And the epic Purple Rain solo at the end in the rain was, I got goosebumps. And I don't get goosebumps. I'm sad about a couple of things in my life. Not many. One, I never saw Prince. Two, I never saw Gretzky. Never saw Prince. Should have seen Prince. What am I doing? How could I not see Prince? What am I, an idiot? You got to see Prince. And then Prince went up and died. Fentanyl's the worst. Let's stop with the fentanyl. But that's the deal. So you go, you watch Bruno Mars. You go, and you know what? You can make your own list. You like who you like. Maybe some of you like YouTube. Maybe some of you like The Weeknd. I don't know. When I was single, I always thought I would sound cool and say to Lee, you know, I want to go to a YouTube concert overseas. I always thought it made me sound hip and cool. Or I want to go see Coldplay. I got into Coldplay for a minute. I did. Coldplay's fine. But at my core, I am high energy, I am fun, and I want you to entertain me with high energy, and I want you to entertain me with fun. That's right. That's right. Prince was unbelievable. Prince live. I'm so sad I missed it. I cannot even tell you. I saw Springsteen. Springsteen was good. Uh, We were going to get in a fight with a middle linebacker or a nose guard of the Colts named Blaze Winter. My brother then got accosted. He was a prosecutor by a guy he had put in jail. We had to surround the guy and make threats on his life in the beer line. My brother put him in jail. The guy got out, and he saw my brother and wanted a piece. Uh, We got around, and we said, look, we can do this. That's fine. Get your friends. My life should be in a book. My life should be. I thought Springsteen was fine. I thought Mellencamp. In Memorial Stadium, in the, in, the, in the rain, during Little 500, as good as it ever could get. My sister, who was a prosecutor in Bloomington, I want you to think about this. My sister, a prosecuting attorney, 25-year prosecuting attorney. I'm assistant basketball coach. My, my brother's an attorney. We got another assistant baseball coach. We get in this van. We're all going. We all got beers. My sister, we go pick her up at her house. We're like, what? You didn't bring nothing. She goes, what are you talking about? I have a case of beer on my body. 
She smuggled in a case of beer as a prosecutor in Marion, or excuse me, in Monroe County in Bloomington, Indiana. That's my family, people. That's my family. But Prince, raise your hands. You are the Gazda. You are the HMFIC. You are the guy. You are the man. You are it. You are the best halftime. And until somebody gets off their ass, stops lip singing, stops dressing like a big fat uh, dirigible, uh, you will always be it. And I thank you, sir, for your life. Little Bill Walton right there. I thank you for your life, Prince. But I wish you hadn't done the damn fentanyl. I wish you hadn't done a fentanyl. I needed you here. I needed to see you. Son of a biscuit. All right, let me ask you, who's our woke dope of the day? And have the Pete Buttigieg speech ready again, because I'm just still pissed. We got woke dope ladies and gentlemen. My daughter is bisexual, non-binary, or my wife is bisexual and non-binary. My daughter is transgender. My queer family helped me better understand myself and my masculinity. All right, let me explain this to you. This is idiotic. This isn't normal but it's becoming normal. This right here, my wife is bisexual. That right there is idiotic. She's your wife, your wife. She's not your wife, but yet go have sex with other women. Now I know I'm a rebel here. Remember I talked about the pastor at our church. I know I'm a rebel here for saying this because probably a bunch of you are like, yeah, what's wrong with that, man? That'd be cool getting a pile. Really? You think so? You think that's why you get married to get in a pile with another woman? Look, when I was single about uh, eight, nine years ago, hell, I'd get in anything. I ain't going to lie to you. Hey, my answer was, yeah, let's see. Didn't say yes or no, just, yeah, let's see. Let's see what we got going here. My daughter is transgender, really. I wonder why. I wonder why she's so confused, right? My queer family helped me make me a better understanding of myself and my masculinity. Yeah, yeah, see, now that's the near normal. Now people will go, oh, man, isn't that great? No, it's not great. It's idiotic. You ruined your daughter. You screwed up your daughter. Your wife doesn't know who the hell she is. And uh, you don't have any idea about your masculinity. You're just talking. That's the new normal. Be a rebel. Be about having one wife. I've had two, but you get the point. Be about trying to be loyal to your family. Be about trying to raise good kids. Uh, Not that a transgender kid is a bad kid. Not at all. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what I'm saying, which is try to raise your kids as good people. Be a good transgender, so don't twist my words. Worry about your faith. Worry about your family. Worry about raising people in such a manner that they contribute to society. And in fact, instead of worrying about your masculinity and yourself, How about you give to others? How about you do unto others? How about you help others? How about you serve? But instead, this idiot, well, I help me worry about my self, my masculinity. Be a rebel. Be a family man. Be somebody that stays home, plays euchre. Be somebody that hangs out. Have a great time when you go out. Make mistakes in life. Who cares? But honest to God. Everything doesn't, we're all, we all don't need to be Jeff Saturday. We all don't need to worry about me, me, I, 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 my masculinity. I need me, I, 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 I. Serve somebody else, you douchebag. Be a rebel. Be a caring, church-going human being. Boy, that's rebellious in this day and age. Instead of being a purple-haired, crazy person, 
that tries to sexualize, objectify kids. How about we stop that? Yeah, I'm preaching. You're damn right I am. That's why, why do you think I left ESPN to come here? Why do you think I chose this over terrestrial radio? Hey, I could right now be talking about the Colts coach. Oh, God, is that fun? I'm just saying. Uh, appreciate y'all being here. Let's play, hey, I want to play Pete Buttigieg again. Can we play this idiot again? We have toxic spills going all over our country. We have four train derailments all over our country. We have four balloons shot out in eight days. We've, had, we've got defense airspace being shut down all across our country. And this is what this idiot, not this idiot, this politician, this whiny little politician who would not have a job if he started dating girls. If he were just the mayor of uh, uh, South Bend and was married with a family, he wouldn't be in this job. No one would care. Gwyneth Paltrow would have never picked him up by his ass. But yet, because he's, he's married and we breastfeed, and I take, oh, I don't know, eight weeks vacation for paternity leave while on the government's dime. I'm the Department of Transportation Secretary, and I'm going to probably run for president. And we got to listen to stupidity like this in a time where Americans feel like we are under attack. This is what Pete Buttigieg came up with in his latest speech. To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges, on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs, don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth ga- gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Uh... So while I was listening to this idiot for the third time today, uh, another train derailed in Blunt County, Tennessee. I just want you to know. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Uh, we feel like we're under attack. Another train derailed. And this guy's worried about white guys doing construction in black neighborhoods. That's what he's worried about. That's what Biden's worried about. That's what all of these idiots that we elected worry about. Politics, division. Don't be one of those people. Serious. Don't don't be one of them. Yeah, Pete isn't wrong. Sure he's not wrong. Right. Yeah, he's not wrong, right? How is he how is he right? I've built two houses. I've had them built by a company. They had South American builders in our neighborhood. They went out a South American person there, and they did a great job. I don't give a damn who builds. Build. You want a company? Go get one. You want a job? Go get one. You want to be a construction worker? We own a construction company. My family does. It's called Jemco. You see me wear the shirt once in a while. There's all kind of jobs for all kind of people. Show up on time. Do your work. Do your work great. I don't care. You're black or white. Everybody gets hired. But you got to do a good job. And I don't think anybody in the black community uh, wants people that aren't the best building their homes. If you're black, great. White, great. 
In my case, South American, great. Not sure what company, so our country, so I don't know. And if that offends you, of course it offends you. It has to offend you. Everything offends people. Yeah, Mayor Pete's not wrong. Good. Good for him. Yeah, he ain't right either. Uh, appreciate the people that just found our show. Uh, appreciate to do whatever you want. This ain't throwing jabs. This is calling out incompetence, and this is calling out a guy in Pete Buttigieg who got a job simply because of diversity, not because of qualifications. Uh, will St- uh, Shane Steichen turn out to be a good hire? 48, yes. 52% say no. The no's have it. Uh, if he gets a quarterback, he's going to be a great hire for the Colts. He's going to be a fantastic hire if they get a quarterback and they get a roster, but they got the same general manager. Uh, keep it right here. We're going to have Outkick 360 coming up 2 Central, 3 Eastern. I hope you all have a great afternoon, everybody. Enjoy the day.